I was uh, I was kind of trying to grapple with the question in the email about what we might talk about, and what I kind of realized is that I wasn't coming up with much of anything, but I also was realizing that the prior conversation we had, I think, it was a little bit uh, freewheeling, and it kind of went in undefined directions, and made me step back and realize um, that, or ask the question of what it is about Kierkegaard that, you know, that's meaningful to me. How did that happen? And what, how, how is that the case for me that, that Kierkegaard, you know, has this special place? And I was trying to describe that a minute ago, but wanting maybe each of us to, to contribute. How is that? How did Kierkegaard become an important figure? And in what way, or how would you speak to the way in which Kierkegaard is, is an important figure. And kind of for me, I was realizing, you know, I've kind of created this set of ideas that to some degree I've lifted from Kierkegaard's, to some degree I realize I've, I've you know, put my own, part, my own self into mm -hmm. that. And, and, and a lot of those ideas, which I've got pretty clear sense for, may not actually be a correct interpretation of Kierkegaard, and yet I still kind of cherish them as having come from this experience that I had original, originally confronting Kierkegaard, particularly fear and trembling. So, I don't know if that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, one thought I have straight out is just, um, I, I, I personally almost feel, um, at least when I'm personally reading Kierkegaard, I. I sometimes wonder if um, there's actually, if it's a bit futile to sort of try to interpret Kierkegaard correctly. And I think what Kierkegaard tries to do in you is just have exactly what you describe here, this encounter between you and the text, which just stirs this new, creates, brings into being this new way of thinking. Um, where, where it's, it's much less about, you know, what does Kierkegaard think about faith or truth or um, existence or what have you. I think what he wants to do instead, and that's, that's the reason why his texts are so ambiguous and so complex, is because what he really wants to do is to confront the single reader and to, to bring about a change in you. And I think that's what's happened to all three of us uh, through reading Kierkegaard. And I, I don't know if, if it's all that important to what degree we're interpreting him correctly, though, though it does seem that people who read Kierkegaard sort of, um, they do sort of uh, seem to, to go, to gravitate towards a certain way of thinking or towards certain ideas or, there's just something different about the types of people an encounter with Kierkegaard brings into the world. <laughs> uh, if, that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I, I would push back a little bit on that in the sense, obviously he is trying to say something, especially um, in particular books like uh, the sickness of the death is a good example of that. He was, he was, conflicted himself when he wrote that because he, he uh, after he finished he thought to himself well he wrote it somewhere too in his journals that he, he couldn't 
put his own name on it. He had to put this ideal Christian's name on that book. So obviously he, he is, he thinks that he is saying the most true things there, but he, he can't, he can't live them himself. So he has to put on a, on this other name. And, um, but yeah, you are, that, that again, you are still right that, um, he wants you to think, he wants you to think along particular lines or he wants you to get to a place where you're, uh, where you are thinking in a particular way rather than believing particular things. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's obviously the case for fear and trembling, which is an excellent book. Um, because you're basically taken along on this ride where this guy's just doing a thought experiment over and over again, right? He's trying to figure out what faith is. Um, turns out he's trying to do it in the wrong way, but yet again, you are, you are basically led along to, to think, to think along, you know, think along particular lines or, or do this thought experiment with him. And, and the other, there's many books that do similar things. Even his, uh, um, even his, his, some of his, uh, homilies, his, uh, sermons, oh, yeah. He calls them um, discourses. Uh, they're similar to that too. It's like a, it's like a um, it Socratic. Feels, yeah, it feels like a, uh, what would you call that? A stream of consciousness type thing, right? Where you're just, he's just kind of thinking and he's taking you along for the ride. So I, I really like that about him. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I recently read a biography of Kierkegaard. Um, I forget, I always forget what, what, what this woman's last name was. It was Clary Car, uh, Carlisle? I think that's right. I think it was Clary Carlisle or something. Really good biography. And what I, what I really got out of, out of what her biography, she, she sort of wrote it in this interesting internal style where she seemed to be relying very heavily on, on his journals and notebooks. And it was much less focused on sort of the external events, you know, um, for example, describing how his relationship with Regina, um, what the actual events were, what she much rather did was sort of focus in on his internal experience. And you sort of got this sense of a guy who is just lives in this, extreme state of inner inner turmoil and inner tension and you could see him constantly sort of being flung back and forth between extremes and sort of thinking about this idea thinking about this idea and never and 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 having a very hard time coming to a resolution just a guy always torn between tensions and one of the key tensions he explores is um think this comes up in fear and trembling as well is you know the the difference between the monk and um and the knight of faith i think where you know it's uh, kierkegaard sort of has this thing throughout his career where he's wondering whether he should just give up his whole um authorship and uh, he has this this little vision of himself retiring to the retiring to a countryside parish and, and sort of living his life out in peace <laughs> and so, so it's this tension between living this monkish existence out in the countryside um, and this, this confrontation with Christendom 
um, that he that he or this um, reintroducing Christianity into Christendom, which he does through his authorship. One is um, is is sort of a withdrawal from the world, and the other is a, a, a living within the world and trying to um, uh, yeah to 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 be faithful and also to to truly exist. Uh, you know the the in fear and trembling you have this um, this night of of faith and this night of infinite resignation. One who the night of faith is is this guy who just happily walks home and eats his dinner, while the the night of infinite resignation gives up uh, what is of greatest value to him, but um, but sort of but doesn't believe he's ever going to get it back. So so I just get got this sense of this guy who's really really always in tension. And I think that's one thing I, I also picked up from Kierkegaard, just reading him, is um, being much more comfortable with, with tension, with paradox, and with not, not um, coming to too hasty conclusions, um, and, and much rather sort of exploring how the tension between two two opposing ideas or things can open up new possibilities. So, so I think that's one, just this, this living with tension is something I've picked up from Kierkegaard as well. Jim? Um, yeah, this kind of goes to part, partly the, this idea I started with, which is that I, 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 I've not studied Kierkegaard as broadly as I maybe should have. And um, I kind of have the sketch of his biography from, but I've never read one of his biographies. I really was in a kind of deep dive on fear and trembling and have read sickness unto death and either or, but didn't quite think I gathered what was going on with either or when I read it and haven't gotten back to it. And so, um, so I think I have this, you know, this idea of Kierkegaard, which just made up from that a little bit of what you're talking about there of what I think about when I think about Kirkwood is a guy who maybe I've bumped into people like this young people who you you you're talking to them and a little kind of wildness that might actually do the stuff that they're formulating in ideas well, they you know sure. they have ideas about something you know like this is the way the world is I you know I want to be an artist and 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 uh, I'm gonna give up everything and go into the woods and paint these paintings because they're the most meaningful things in the world and you worry a little bit about them that they might actually do it <laughs> you know and and to some degree Kierkegaard feels like that to me he's, he's a guy who kind of did that you know or maybe he didn't he, you were talking about this tension he stayed in Christendom and he wanted to be upset with all the Christians around him. So he didn't really want to go off. Um, but maybe, you know, but then he, then he kind of commits in a way that, that undoes this relationship that he has, which feels kind of wrong or feels like um, that's a, that's one of those things of taking a bit too seriously these ideas. Um, <laughs> Then you, 
And then you see that in the work because that's kind of what he's kind of, at least for me, this is one of these central ideas I've pulled out of him, which is, yeah, you can, you can, um, you're, you're stuck in that situation no matter what. That is so you can have these ideas and, and have this passion and, and ultimately decide you can't do that. You're going to compromise to, to life's exigencies. But even that is the same kind of commitment. You're committing to that. Um, and everything you're doing is committing in this real way hmm. that, that it doesn't matter if you think you're doing something um, you know, kind of sensible, or if you're, it, it's all the same deal. We're all facing, you know, the future, which ultimately we're creating by our decisions. And, and so in that sense of his biography, and in that sense, in his writing of that kind of little bit wild eyed urgency, that, that adds to the sense of the meaning of the, because it gives you that sense, that, that, that's that sense of the realness and then yeah yeah Yeah, i mean um the 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 example of regina is just such a good example here um i think of this this passage from either or it's it's the most famous quote from either or i haven't read the book but i probably should where you know the one of the authors says you know if you get married you'll regret it if you don't get married you'll regret it it's all the same and I think that's exactly what with Kierkegaard, what's going on with Regina, where he probably realizes, you know, if I get married to this lady, I, um, I won't be able to pursue this deep vocation I feel I should pursue. I won't be able to pursue this life of writing, this life of suffering that he seems intent on living out. And... At the same time, you know, if you read the biography, he's obviously tormented for the rest of his life by the decision he made not to marry Regina. So she continues to to pop up in his writings. He has these um, these heartbreaking encounters with her in the street, where he he'll she'll look at him, you know, ten years after the fact. She'll, he'll get this this um, this glance at her from across the street. And then he'll just spend pages and pages in his notebooks agonizing over what this glance could have meant. Uh, and it's just, it's just exactly, um, that's exactly the tension, right? Um, do, you, do you make this, this great sacrifice and suffer because of it? Or, or do you um, suffer because you, you, you've decided not to to make that decision yeah and so that's yeah and 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 so that we're in that we're in that we're in that situation one way or the other and 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 then that whole this that whole dynamic of his biography and that which i don't know in great detail but i kind of know that part of the story of course resonates in the te- in the text when you're reading it you're feeling that urgency and that then is part of that mm. sense that he allows for in some way based on all the different things, the craftiness with language, the construction using the pseudonyms, the, the, um, you know, the things that he chooses to write about all come together with that sense of urgency, which then gives you this, this sense of it's, 
it's important. It, it can be important. You can see that it's real, that it's going to be have impact. And then you can go back to, like, like we talked about originally, you can go to the text of the Bible and say, oh, you know, this is a story, but it's, but it's not just a story. It's, it's, it's touching on the real thing that we're all going through. And, um, and being able to kind of generate that kind of energy is one of the things that I really have taken from Kierkegaard in, in my Yeah. Okay. That, I think that, that opens up a new dimension of the story you were describing with your encounter with Kierkegaard, where you were saying you're coming from the secular background and Kierkegaard sort of gives you this way of approaching Christianity that's, that's deep and profound. Right. And I wonder if, if that's sort of what you experienced as, you know, Kierkegaard manages to transform Christianity from just this set of ideas or stories uh, that you can just dispassionately read about into this, this passionate lived existence that has, um, you know, a genuine impact on your life. And it is something you can enter into. Um, the, does that, does that sort of. Exactly. Exactly the way I feel about it. Okay. That's wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I th yeah. I think, I think that. Yeah. Robert, what do you think about that whole dialogue that we just had? Because, because you're the expert here, right? You're the. <laughs> yeah, the expert, right? <laughs> um, I'm I'm pinning you with that. I'm making yeah. you play that role. Uh, so say again how just like sum up how you uh, what it means to you or or how you uh, how it how it reveals to you your your own. Christianity, or how did you say that? Oh yeah, Robert was missing the earlier yeah. part here. Yeah. Well, just the, just the way Julian just put it, this this this. Um, well, I think I think I tried to put it, uh, describe it a minute ago with with this sense that I see this personality of Kierkegaard as having this kind of intensity, and and he takes things a bit too seriously yeah. in his personal life, and he's making these kind of committed decisions, and, and, and knowing that little scenario about his biography makes me mm -hmm. think about the text in a different way, and then it adds into the text, and and um, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think I, he's, so I think he's, he's, that's actually part of the construction as well. He, he has a sort of uh, self-awareness about him that he, uh, I'm pretty sure he might have hated it in a way, um, but it was there anyways, and he used it. So fear and trembling is is um, uh, obviously a version of his own of his own story with Re Regina, basically. Oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a he's definitely it's not not even subtle, right? It's it's there, and he says in his journals at one point, and he must have known his journals were going to be read by the by us folks but he says in his journals at one point that if he had faith he would have married regina um, yeah that's can i interrupt that's yeah. that's exactly what i was trying to articulate between the monk and the the existence within christendom mm -hmm. is he sort of sees his his um broken engagement as a move of infinite infinite resignation this withdrawal monkish yeah. withdrawal from the world um, which is always a temptation for him is he's always tempted by this, this just easy way out or essentially. Uh, yeah. There, it, there's a bit of a, um, so my, my paper, my big paper that I wrote was on 
something that doesn't get talked about too much, but it's, it's what, what Kierkegaard calls the, the demonic. And the demonic is actually something that Kierkegaard thought he himself was in danger of um, manifesting when he chose to, you know, write all these books. Because the demonic is defined as basically um, willing to be yourself, um, willing to be yourself in spite of God is one way of putting it. So let's say, you know, God puts it in front of you that, you know, this, this, this it puts this girl in front of you and then, you know, you go through all the courting and everything and you, and, and you're going to marry her. And they're like, nah, you know what? I, I got a, I got a, this job to do, you know, this really important job. And that is writing all these books. And if I marry you, I can't write these books. So, I mean, if that's the way you look at it, it's pretty straightforward why he said that, you know, if I had faith, I would have married Regina. And I think he weaves, so his personality is, is part of every book he's written. It's, it's always, and, and you think, okay, well, he writes with these other personalities, right? These personalities he made up. But I think, to be honest, I think that makes his, his own personality even more important, right? Because he's hiding. And if he's hiding, well, you want to know what he's hiding, right? You want to know what it is that he's, he's actually thinking, right? If, if he writes with um, the personality of Johannes Climacus, you want to know what he thinks, not, <laughs> right? You, you want to, you're like, well, what is, so what is, what does Johannes Climacus represent, right? Instead of you, Kierkegaard, right? If, if, you, if you're not writing in your own voice, what does this voice mean, right? Because you always, I don't know, I find that I'm always wondering, okay, so, I see what you're doing here. You know, I can follow along. I can, I can read it. I can read this personality quite fine, but like, what do you think? Right. So we have John the silent who is anything but silent um, in fear and trembling. And he can't get to faith because, or not really, because he can't um, turn off his, he basically can't turn off his brain more or less. He's a he's an intellectual. He he claims to not be a philosopher at one point, but he he is a philosopher, and that's that's the problem, right? Um, and that's the same thing as it's the same feeling you get when you when you hear when you kind of understand that you get the same feelings you get when you read him saying, "Oh yeah, you know what? If I had faith, I would have married Regina or Regina, whatever her name is." Um, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think his personality is really important. Yeah, that's that's the point I was trying to make with that analogy of the, you know, I meet somebody who's just a little bit overly passionate about something and you and you kind of worry they might actually do the thing that they're describing, you know, run off and do some, you know, kind of extravagant <laughs> experience or something. And and Kierkegaard kind of is doing that and, and yeah. so you're seeing the risk of it. And the risk of it is his whole life, right? The the uh, the sacrifice that he made. <laughs> Which is, which is a real sacrifice, or let's put it differently. He made the wrong choice. <laughs> he really did make the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and yet that, to some degree, engenders the power of it. That, you know. yep. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like, um, I, I, I really think, I, I think um, his whole writing career is sort of made possible by by his breakup with Regina. It's sort of the, the passionate power which drives the whole 
the whole authorship, it seems like. Yeah, for sure. Robert, what did you, do you remember the uh, analogy that I tried to put out with uh, Free Solo? Um, oh, yeah. Um, in that talk with Vanderclay, did you, do you remember that? Um, yeah, was it? Uh, yeah, we should actually um, get out of here and come back in because we're running out of recording okay. minutes. We'll, so, hold on.